Welcome to episode 61 of Third Heaven Authority podcast. I am Mike Thompson. The Lord gave the assignment to me to teach on Third Heaven Authority. And what he meant by that is to teach people not only who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ and the authority that has been delegated unto them as believers, but also that they can attain a perspective that is from heaven to earth, rather than just operating in a perspective from earth to heaven. From earth to heaven many times leaves us in the position to where we're on the linear level attempting to deal with all of life situations and indeed with a lot of spiritual conditions and choices that leave us sometimes giving sway to the pressures that are upon our bodies. But Jesus has taken us into a position, not just a position of authority, but a location of authority, whereby we can operate from heaven's perspective. In accomplishing that today, I want to do it by giving you some additional insight to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I have labeled Ephesians as the third heaven epistle. Now, I realize that Colossians and Philippians also uh, talk about many of the same things, but there's something dynamic about Ephesians that I learned during my heavenly encounters. When I was in third heaven the very first time in 2010, I began to realize so many of the concepts that were coming to me, the way things were phrased, and from my position in heaven looking down, that they matched so much to the book to the Ephesians. In fact, I realized that Paul had written that after his encounters, where he himself, in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 4, described having gone to third heaven. Remember, first heaven is the created universe. It's the earth, the moon, the stars, the galaxies. Then second heaven is the spiritual realm around the first heaven. That is the place where we find the activity of angels and demons and uh, the Holy Spirit, human spirits. It's, and that we were created to operate in both realms simultaneously. We have a physical body operating in the first heaven realm. We have a spiritual body operating in the second heaven realm. But we also find that there is a third heaven, which is the dwelling place of God, where he makes his abode. It's what you and I typically would say is heaven itself. And that's the place that people, when they die, go to be with the Lord. So we have the ability to also operate in third heaven realities. The book to the Ephesians describes those things so well. I want to take a little bit of time to go through them. And remember, in Colossians 3, the first two verses, says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. In other words, our focus, our perspective as spiritual children of God 
should be from heaven down. I've taught a great deal on what all of that entails, but I want to take the time to just go through the book to Ephesians and just point out some of those things that apply to that perspective. Very important to us. I'd love to just teach on and exegete the entire book, but it would take multiple episodes. So today, let's catch a few of them. In chapter 1, Paul then talks about his apostleship. And then in verse 2, he says, Grace to you and peace from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He started many of his epistles, his letters, with those words, grace and peace to you. Grace, charis, meaning the unmerited favor and empowering presence of God, enabling us to be who he created us to be and to do what he has called us to do. But all of it because of Jesus' sacrifice. And the word peace there is the Greek term irene. And it's an undisturbed quiet of knowing that you're operating from the spiritual realm, not completely controlled by natural circumstances. Verse 3, I really wanted to point out, because he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. As I mentioned before, the in Christ scriptures that are here in the Ephesians epistle, there are a total of 36 of them. There are 15 in chapter 1, 11 in chapter 2, and 10 in chapter 3. All of these are pointing to what Jesus has done for us within himself, what God has created us to be within Jesus. It's all through him. He is our Savior. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the firstborn of many children, creations in the Lord Jesus. We are third heaven creations operating in third heaven realities and functioning in third heaven authority. We are of the spiritual otherly realm. Now, as I go through this, I really want to emphasize how that we walk in the spirit at the same time as we walk in the natural realm. Because when he says here that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, it means that all of the blessings of God are there for us and they're of spiritual essence. You see, it's not dependent upon the family you were born into, or what nation or culture that you came from. It's based upon the culture of heaven itself. All of the blessings of God equally have been given to everyone who accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And all of these blessings are spiritual blessings in heavenly places. The word blessed there... uh, is a word that it's talking about a condition that qualifies you, as well as all the events and the goodies and the things that God has given to you as one of his children. That state of blessing qualifies you. If you're born again, 
then you are blessed. You are in a state and a position of being blessed in God's family. You don't have to earn it. It's not anything that you have to work up. Uh, brownie points are not amassed so that you can get more. It's all there for you. Everything. You are automatically qualified. You're in a state of blessing. So those blessings come. But notice that all of those blessings are spiritual blessings. Now, that's a word that I want to camp on for just a little bit. The word spiritual there is a Greek term, pneumatikos. The word literally means spiritualities. There are places in the Bible where it will use the word pneumatikos, but then it will add, like people, wisdom, songs, sacrifices, and all of those things are words that are added. So in other words, spiritual people, spiritual wisdom, etc. But there are also scriptures where the word is by itself. You'll find that such as in 1 Corinthians 12, where the apostle Paul said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would you not be ignorant spiritual gifts. The word gifts there, you'll notice in your Bible, is probably italicized, because it's not like one of those words of, that I mentioned, like people or wisdom. It's not there in the original text. The reason that the translators put the word gifts there is because you go down a few verses, and Paul's talking about gifts. But otherwise, what Paul literally said is that I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritualities. So spiritualities is literally talking about the way the spiritual realm functions and works. The activity that we have in that spiritual realm, in the kingdom of God. And so when he's talking about spiritualities, it's the whole display of how we have learned to operate in spiritual things. Now, the word things is also used by Paul and uh, also other writers where it's just translated. So when you find pneumatikos by itself, then it's this whole general working activity operating in the things of the spiritual realm. So Paul was saying that he didn't want us, the children of God, to be ignorant of how to operate in spiritual dynamics. So here he says, spiritual blessings. We have been blessed with spiritual blessings. In other words, the things of spiritual essence. Now there is physical essence, and God has blessed us with so many things. When we get healed, uh, when he provides answers to prayer, there are talents that he gives to us and natural gifts, many things that we operate in of physical essence. But that's not what he's saying here. Because remember that in the book of the, to the Ephesians, the first three chapters are purely doctrinal, talking about who we are in God, in Jesus Christ. The last three chapters, they're practical. It's the way that you use that. So in other words, chapters one through three 
are about our being, our creation, who we are. Chapters 4 through 6 are about how we walk that out, our behavior, our attitudes, our function in the physical realm. So the spiritual blessings are things that Jesus has already given unto us as children of the living God. One of the reasons that's so important to understand is because we look at it then and realize that we can't mess it up. If it's of spiritual essence and he has given it to us, then the things that we do in the natural realm can't change what he has supplied. Now, it does have a bearing on whether we receive it and whether we walk in it, but it doesn't mess up what he has qualified us for and what he has injected into our lives. If you can find a scripture anywhere in the Bible that tells you something that Jesus has given to you, part of your inheritance in him, then it is one of the spiritual blessings in the spiritual realm. Therefore, you are qualified, and you can receive it because of that, not because of anything you are doing in the natural realm to try to earn it. It's by grace and peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we look at this scripture, again, we see that he has, has, in other words, by his shed blood, his sacrifice, he has given them to us. At the moment we received him as our Lord and Savior, it is all ours. So now the point is learning what we have received and allowing it then to begin to operate in our lives. That's a lifelong journey as we release these revelations and empowerments from on high. But it says, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Do you see the word places? It's italicized. Why? Because the Greek term translated heavenly there is the word eperaneos. And it, like I described pneumatikos, if it doesn't have a following word like father, heavenly father, heavenly vision, heavenly kingdom. If it's all by itself, then it's to be translated as heavenlies, heavenlies. Remember, Paul told the Corinthians that there are celestial bodies and there are terrestrial bodies. Celestial meaning otherly, of the spiritual realm or of the heavens high above and around versus terrestrial of the physical realm. So Eperaneus is the celestial. It's of the spiritual realm. That's the symbolism here. So of the heavenlies. The reason I'm disclosing that to you is because we operate in third heaven authority. It's an activity. It's a function. It's a release of the authority Jesus has given us in the heavenlies. Heavenlies is found plural in many places. So heavenlies, remember there's the first heaven. We have authority from Jesus. All these blessings come to us to operate with authority in the first heaven physical universe realm.
on the Earth. And as astronauts go to the moon and other places, they have authority there also. But also there's a second heaven, which is the spiritual realm, where the activities of spirit beings occur. So therefore, we have authority that operates in that second heaven realm. Also, there is a third heaven. We have authority that operates in and from that third heaven realm. That's why when the Lord took me the very first time to third heaven, and while I was standing there before the Lord Jesus, he turned me around and had me look through this portal all the way down. I was in third heaven, looking through the second heaven, observing the first heaven, the natural realm. And he said, launch your warfare from here. So it encompassed all three heavens. In other words, the heavenlies. So we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Paul then lists a bunch of those blessings up through verse 14. And then in verse 15, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit, notice that, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The spirit is talking about a spiritual dynamic how these blessings play out. Part of that is a spiritual power, a spiritual gift of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So wisdom and revelation about these spiritual things uh, are spiritual endowments or powers that he has given to us in the heavenly places. That's one of the reasons, again, why we can operate in third heaven authority here on the face of this earth. And it all comes through the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. So Paul begins to describe here the kind of power that has worked for us and getting us saved and is working through us in our life here on the face of the earth. And he says that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that is at work within us. But notice in verse 19, in describing the greatness of that power that was manifest through Jesus's resurrection, actually incorporated all of the powers of God. In other words, as I describe this, think of it this way. It took all of God's power in heaven for Jesus here on the earth to die, to suffer for our sins and the punishment thereof, and then be raised from the dead. And that same kind of power 
is at work in us. The same power raised us from the dead and is now operating within our being. Here in verse 19 are all of the Greek terms for the word power. All in one verse. It's the only place in Scripture. See the word power? Exceeding greatness of his power. It's the Greek term dunamis. It's talking about an inherent intrinsic power. According to the working, the word working is energeia. That's an outward display. It's energy. So the intrinsic power and strength had to become energy and displayed and released. Of his mighty, which is the word kratos, ruling power, governing. And then the word power, lastly there, is the Greek term iskus, endued power. So all of the inherent power that made God who he is flowed and was released as energy into Jesus as the rulership of God took over and raised him from the dead and endowed him with that position in heaven. That's the kind of power that is at work on the inside of us. And remember when I'm talking about power, power is the ability to act. But authority is the right to act. So third heaven authority is the ability to use, or I should say the right to use, all of this power that has been placed within us. Now in verse 21, he says that he has raised us up again and seated us with him, with Jesus. We've been seated with him because Jesus was raised up on high. We'll see that a little more in chapter 2. Far above, far above, not only in position of ruling authority and power, but location. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And, notice this, he put all things, that's everything, under his feet, Jesus' feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, the ecclesia, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In other words, it's all under Jesus' feet. Remember in Matthew 28, he said, all authority both in heaven and in earth has been given to me. So the power flow is from heaven to earth. The authority is from heaven to earth. But they've been placed under Jesus' feet, and where are his feet? They're in his body. The body is the ecclesia, the church, the body of Christ that's on the face of the earth. So all things in the fullness of God have been placed under us. Jesus is working them out. He is administrating that authority from heaven through his body on earth. Is that not what he said in the 16th chapter of Matthew? He told Peter, beginning with verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, revelation knowledge, I will build my church, the ecclesia, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. 
and I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth. The word bind means to declare unlawful or to lock up, to forbid. Will be bound in heaven. And the Greek text literally says, shall have already been bound in heaven because it's in me and what I have done. And whatever you loose on earth, that means to unlock, to declare lawful, to permit on earth, will be loosed in heaven or have already been loosed. In other words, we are the adjudicators. The word ekklesia there is a term in Greek culture that's talking about a called out assembly that is in charge of adjudicating all the laws of Rome. We are the body of Christ that is called out to adjudicate all of the laws of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever has been forbidden or has been loosed and allowed in heaven, we have the authority to do so here. That's why all things are placed under our feet. I can see right now that it's going to take me longer to finish this teaching, so join me next week for the second part. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, that you would reveal these spiritualities in the heavenlies and all that we have been created to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, release that revelation unto the people now. Holy Spirit, catch us away. Show us how to operate as third heaven creations, functioning in third heaven realities and manifesting third heaven authority in this life. We thank you, Lord Jesus. I really encourage you to subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson. You don't want to miss any of the future episodes. God bless. <laughs>